With us today uh, is a good friend. Uh, he was uh, 10 years GOP chairman of New York State, and uh, he was uh, uh, President Nixon's uh, son-in-law, married Trisha, and knows about China. Nobody knows more about China than than Ed Cox, and uh, nobody knows about uh, New York State more than Ed Cox. Uh, good morning, oh, that's Ed. very kind of you, John, <laughs> to say that. What subject but do you I want to take I... up first? Well, I, I see the boss is working. You're working. Where, where's everyone else, John? Well, you know, uh, we, we've been used to working all our lives, and, uh, you know, we can't change. Yeah, that's right. Well, what's going on in New York, and it's really uh, a matter of real importance. We, our highest court here in New York is called the Court of Appeals. It's the only one among the 50 states that has its is not called the Supreme Court. It is called the Court of Appeals, the highest court in New York State. And it keeps that name because it is very special. It is known as the most prominent, the most important common law court in the nation, probably in the world. Uh, and uh, it's about to get – there is an attempt to corrupt it in the process by which the judges are are appointed to it. I, I served on a committee on judicial nomination for 19 years, and that's a commission that nominates seven prominent judges or other members of the bar to be on the court from which the governor of the state then has to make uh, his or her selection. And uh, Governor Hochul has made an excellent selection to be the chief judge of the Court of Appeals of New York State, uh, Hector LaSalle, who is the presiding justice, which is a very prominent position, of the Second Department uh, uh, Court, of, uh, Court of Appeals, uh, appellate division of the, of the, of the system. And uh, Hector La- uh, LaSalle happens to be a Latino. Uh, very strong credentials. Uh, it would be the first Latino chief judge of the Court of Appeals. Uh, and uh, out against uh, uh, Hector LaSalle, there has now been an outpouring of Democrats, uh, 12 of them, without even looking at his record and not even uh, having given him a hearing yet. Yeah, but they have rejected him because they say he's too conservative for them. Uh, uh, mostly they're Democrat socialists or other radical progressives. And uh, they've been joined by the chair of the Judiciary Committee. But it appears that Governor Hochul is standing by uh, his nomination. And it's going to be a very, a very interesting process between now and uh, January 23. When uh, when the Senate must uh, the state Senate must act now, uh, Chairman Cox, um, you're an expert on mainland China, what I call red China. As of uh, January 5th, the Biden administration is resuming flights. That means you're going to have uh, Chinese citizens who are flying into America. Now, they claim they're going to have to pass a covid negative test first. It's 250 million people who are now COVID positive in China. And that number. 250, huge. 250 (laughs) million people. And it's growing exponentially. Uh, This sounds to me insane because we're going back to when John did that first interview in January of 2020 with then Dr. Fauci. who said, no problems. Let the flights continue in, even though 
the uh, no, virus no. was there. <laughs> What what, what would not, your recommendation just, be? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, Curtis, it's not just uh, the uh, the danger of increasing uh, the impact of the variant of COVID that's now here in the United States that presumably is the same as that in, in, in China. And you have a huge influx without testing them, without requiring testing. Uh, that would be that would be terrible in and of itself. But the danger is that with 240 million people having it and traveling around China, which has their vaccines not been affected, there's no natural community because of their lockdowns, uh, they could create new variants. And if a new, more pernicious variant came into the United States, that would be terrible for, for, the, uh, for the spike up in COVID that is expected at this time in the winter and what would happen, the, the danger of it, that the uh, vaccinations may not work, et cetera, et cetera. Now, Chairman Cox, also uh, the red Chinese government uh, is buying up enormous acreage of farmland throughout the United States from coast to coast, North Dakota, South Dakota. It's just buying every acre that's up for sale. This does, I, I think, not spell well for us. What, if anything, can be done to stop this? Well, I'm not sure what can be done to stop it. Interesting, they're buying acreage near our military installations. So this is China really infiltrating uh, from a, a military spy point of view on what's going on in military uh, installations. Uh, but I... I one of the China is getting very aggressive. You saw recently the way their their planes and their ships were invading the territory uh, waters and air of Taiwan, threatening it, flying within uh, uh, ten yards of our uh, reconnaissance flights that were over international airspace, etc. One of those reasons, I think, is that their economy, it's not just the COVID that's hurting their economy. It's President Xi's uh, communist doctrine uh, and his desire to bring all power into the party and into himself that is causing an economic decline in China. Private businesses are getting crushed. Uh, They say, you know, the businessmen who object to Putin are getting pushed out of the windows in Moscow. In China, they say they're jumping out of the windows because their, their businesses are being destroyed by edicts from uh, from President Xi. And as the economy goes into decline, the, the, the deal with the people of China and the Communist Party, the deal is as long as there's prosperity, then uh, they, the people will – will go along with the present uh, emperor, if you will, the Communist Party and, and President Xi. But, uh, but if the economy is declining, then uh, he's going to be, get to be more aggressive uh, militarily and try and appeal to China's, uh, uh, national, China, China's nationalism and, uh, and, and saying that the greatness of China, restoring the greatness of China. Well, now, recently, yeah, it's, recently it's like, we like saw Putin him in, in Russia, right? Right, but we <laughs> saw him installed as emperor for life. It was a huge ceremony. His predecessor was sitting right next to him, and the security, right, and the yeah, security exactly. guards <laughs> yanked him right out. Now, I gotta <laughs> believe that was done purposely to send a message to the world. I gotta believe that. 
It's a little bit more subtle than that. What was going on? It's interesting. Uh, what was happening is uh, uh, Hu Yabang, his, his successor, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Hu Jintao was his, was his predecessor. And, uh, and by custom, he's sitting there next to him. A deal had been made uh, when the elders get together at the, a beachfront called Bedehe outside Beijing. And they gather there, and they really decide what's going to happen next year, what's going to happen to leadership. And they all acceded to, to Xi being the leader for a third term, which is against the Constitution, uh, of, of of China, and as you say, emperor for life. But uh, they uh, they did restrict him in certain ways, and he was supposed to do certain things. Well, he double-crossed them. What he did was uh, he elected all of his own flunkies to be on the standing committee of the Politburo. That's the seven people who really run the show. Uh, and the Politburo itself, it was all his own people. And that was all little red folders that were on everyone's desk who was central committee that were about to vote on it. And they were not supposed to open them up. Well, Hu Jintao, the former president, actually started to open it up. And if he saw it, he might be amazed. Well, this wasn't the deal. <laughs> and might start making objections. <laughs> <in front of. laughs> and so two of, two of, uh, of uh, President Xi's aides lifted him up and <laughs> took him out. <laughs> lifted him up and took him out. Well, just, just like in the movies. Yeah, like Eddie Hawk tied him and took him right out. You're, you're gone, buddy. Now, now, I mean, is this coming to the United Ed Cox, you've been in Washington forever. Is this happening to our country? I mean, it seems like – look what happened to uh, uh, what's uh, uh, strong? Uh, George Santos? Yeah, George Santos. George. First of all, John, yes. I, I have ser- I served in the Reagan, Reagan, but I commuted down there. I Don't accuse me of being in Washington for life. <laughs> all right. I won't give you that sentence. All right. Uh, uh, no, yeah. I'm talking about Sto- Roger Stone. Oh, Roger Stone. And, and the other guy. They, they get uh, arrested. They get yeah. arrested. The, the FBI sends a SWAT team to arrest them. And he goes straight into uh, jail, straight to solitary confinement, et cetera, et cetera. I no, mean, is I, our country in is our country in danger of becoming something that we don't want it to become? Uh, yeah, the way they arrested Roger Stone was <laughs> look here. Here was a major advisor to uh, to candidate Trump. He was really the first advisor. In fact, I got a call from Roger Stone uh, early on as chairman of the party, and this was in 2014, and Donald Trump was running for governor of New York. Yes. And Roger Stone calls me and says, Donald should not run for governor of New York. He should run directly for the presidency. It's not going to work, which was my the way I saw it also. Uh, but uh, meanwhile, Donald Trump is saying, Roger Stone's crazy. What businessman ever got in the history of the United States ever got elected directly to the presidency? I've got to be a governor of New York first before I become president. Now, Curtis, you know that doesn't work politically. You can't run for, in essence, for two offices at once, right? Correct. It doesn't work. And uh, <laughs> But with uh, Roger's support, I had to advise uh, Donald Trump to that effect. He didn't appreciate it at the time. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> that, uh, that, though, would have been a classic heavyweight battle. Two guys who grew up side by side, 
Andrew Cuomo, the governor in Hollisswood, Jamaica State's Donald Trump. Their families were very friendly when they were growing up. Would have been battling each other for the governorship of New York. That would have been a heavyweight battle. You know, Curtis, it would have been a great battle if Donald Trump were really dedicated to that battle. I would have said, go to it. But he was really running for the president of the United States. And people were saying, all right, the, uh, you know, Rob Astorino, who was a candidate out there, was, was, they were saying, well, Rob, you can run for lieutenant governor while Donald runs for governor. Then he'll run for president and you'll be the real governor. I mean, if that kind of stuff gets around, you're just not going to run an effective race, right? <laughs> but right. if he did, boy, that would have been – you're right. It would have been one heck of a race for governor if he were really serious. Well, well when you think of what could have been, remember, Rudy, if not for prostate cancer, would have been battling Hillary for the seat of Daniel Patrick Moynihan that he had retired from. You talk about another heavyweight battle we would have had in New York State. Oh, that that is right. That <laughs> uh, that that didn't work. That didn't work. It was it was still a, a battle, uh, but no, it didn't. It, it it didn't work, and she won, and uh, and she could have been beaten. It. She was. Uh, she did not know how to be a candidate. I don't think she ever did, really. Very uh, very, very quickly, Chairman Cox. Before we go, uh, I never in, in all the crazy candidates that I've seen run for office nationally. Never seen anyone like uh, George Santos. What are the Republicans to do with this guy? I don't even know if his name is George Santos after all of this. <laughs> we don't know, but the fact is he is, he is now a congressman-elect. And uh, if, uh, if, if he has not done anything illegal, and believe me, uh, the feds are looking at him and the, the state prosecutors are looking at him. But if he's not done anything legal, he'll be sworn into Congress. And uh, the people will have to decide two years from now uh, whether whether it, it matters or not. All right. Regular contributor to the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion at John Katsimatidis, former chairman of the New York State Republican Party. Ed Cox, thanks for your contribution. <laughs> thank Curtis, you, Ed. Thank you for telling it like it is from the street. <laughs> Happy New Year. Thank you.